Our call to worship today comes from Psalm 33. The psalmist says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to Him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right, and all His work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Receive now the Lord's greeting. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now if you would, please uh, turn with me to uh, Psalm 34. Psalm 34 for our Old Testament reading. We're going to read uh, verses uh, 1 uh, through 14. And your translation might be a little bit different than mine. I, I hope you can uh, forgive me for using the New King James. Uh, that's how I, I worked on it uh, this week. So, it's, folks, it's in my head. Um, so, uh, beloved, the reason I, I chose this one is that we see similarities with our New Testament reading uh, for the sermon, uh, Matthew from Matthew 6, 19 through 34. But beloved, let us now give our undivided attention to the reading of God's most holy and inspired word. Psalm of David. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. O fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord, who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Our scripture reading for today comes from Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We'll be reading uh, verses 19 through 34, but our focus will be on verse uh, 33. 
beloved, let us now give our undivided attention to the reading of God's most holy and inspired word, starting at Matthew 6, verse 19. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spend. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And here's our sermon text. But seek first all these things. Or seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. O Lord our God, our Heavenly Father, we come before you considering this very familiar passage. A passage which we have gone to many times, especially during our anxious times in life, our difficult times in life. We ask, O Lord, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to be responsive to your word. Lord our God, we ask that you would bless the hearing and preaching of your word. Grant me wisdom. Grant me clarity. Grant me boldness. And above all things, we ask that you would receive all the glory and honor that is due unto you. Help us to seek you first, above all things. In Christ's name, we do pray.
Amen. Beloved congregation and Lord Jesus Christ, uh, before uh, we get into the sermon, I'd like to give a disclaimer. Uh, we see that usually after uh, certain movies. And this is the, this disclaimer. Uh, you might find this sermon very convicting, and that's a good thing. But as you maybe deal with that conviction, don't forget your comfort in Christ. Because ultimately, that's where we want our eyes to go, is to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me begin by asking you this question, and I want you to be honest with yourself and with God. What is the most important thing in your life right now? What comes uh, first priority in your life? Anything that, any other answer besides God is the wrong answer. And whatever you may be placing as a higher priority than God is revealing to you an idol that is within your heart. Because remember, our, our passage did not say, seek first your family, or seek first your finances, or seek first your favorite pleasures. It did not say, seek first your political agenda, nor did it say, seek first a promising career. What happens when we seek those things first? Anxiety, worry. But Jesus tells us to put something else above those things. Jesus says, of first importance, we are to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And the opposite result comes when we seek God's kingdom first, His righteousness. We enjoy peace. We enjoy joy and contentment. And we all want that. We want peace, true peace, true joy, true content. And if so, Jesus has given us a key to, to have that type of peace and joy and content. That doesn't mean that our, our lives are going to be full of prosperity. That's far from the case. But a Christian can have true peace in the midst of turmoil. So as, as the title of the sermon uh, states we are going to ponder our priorities in life. And the ultimate priority here is that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And God's, God's kingdom is where God rules. Now certainly, God rules over all things. But here in this passage, it's focusing on God's spiritual rule. He is calling His disciples to focus on the eternal rather than the temporal. Because it is the unbelievers who seek the temporal over the eternal. For Jesus says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. When we, when we speak of a kingdom, it implies a king. And if we are going to seek a kingdom, we are to seek the king. And that king is who? The Lord Jesus Christ. 
Likewise, we are to seek God's righteousness. And what is true righteousness? It is perfect conformity to the law of God. And we know that in of ourselves, we do not have that righteousness. So therefore, we must seek a righteousness above our own or outside of us, and that is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Well, first it means to seek Christ. And it also means to live for Him by faith. Our Lord, our God, is to be our focus and our priority in life. And beloved, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you do belong to His kingdom. You do have His righteousness. And as a Christian, Christ reigns in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. As He says in Luke 17, verses 20 and 21, He says, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. And where the Holy Spirit dwells, that is where Jesus rules. To the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul said this, uh, he said, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So if the Holy Spirit dwells within you, does that mean that, that we should live like heathens? Should we use our bodies for our own gratification? Should we be overcome with drunkenness and squander our money on worldly things? Of course not. Or as the old King James says, God forbid. For we have been bought with a price, and that is the price of the precious blood of Christ. We are to glorify God with our bodies. We are to live unto righteousness. And if Christ is our King, then we are to be governed, and we are governed by His Word and Spirit. That means we are to put off the flesh and put on the things of the Spirit. So once again, ask yourselves, who are you serving this day? As, as the, the Bob Dylan song goes, you've got to serve somebody. And Jesus says uh, in our, uh, our uh, passage that you cannot serve two masters. If you serve yourself, it will produce fruit of unrighteousness. But if you serve the Lord Jesus Christ, it will produce fruits of righteousness, which is worked in us by the Spirit. So the, the next question we need to ask is, how do we seek the kingdom of God in His righteousness? Well, first we must seek to know the kingdom of God and His righteousness. For we can't, we cannot seek something that we do not know. And I want to give you an illustration uh, that might help uh, with with this. Uh, I'm glad I get to use this as an illustration because at the time I didn't know why this was happening, but now apparently uh, the Lord has set it up that I can use this as an illustration. Well, one morning uh, when I was at my parents' house, I woke up to running water. 
I went into the to the bathroom and I saw water shooting out of the the, the valve, the water shutoff valve toilet. And mind you, this was four, at 4 a.m. and my dad was on a business trip. So I quick, I woke up my mom, I uh, went downstairs and it was a big mess down there, and I called my dad. And, and my dad tried to give me some instruction to where this shutoff valve to the house was, but the problem was, I had no idea where it was at. And you could imagine that he was frustrated and tired, so his instructions weren't necessarily helping me. But uh, if I would have known beforehand what I was looking for, uh, it would have been far easier to find the shutoff valve. And I use this illustration to make a point. We cannot seek Jesus if we do not know him. And we will not know him unless we know and read his word. Oftentimes our priorities are wrong because our Bibles are closed. A thousand Bibles are, are no use if they're not open. C.H. Spurgeon once said, a Bible that, that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. How does a Bible fall apart? You've got to read it. You've got to get oily. As much as I hate it, sometimes you got to get you have to have the pages bent a little bit. So beloved, I ask you, are you falling apart today? Are you overwhelmed? Are you hanging on by a thread? Well then you're not alone. Because we've all had that from time to time. But what's the cure? We need to spend a little bit more time with the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. You get it here every Sunday. You do need to spend time also daily. Now, now we are not only to seek Jesus with our heads, but also our hearts. Just like true faith. Uh, what it says in the Heidelberg Catechism. We need to know we need to know the kingdom of God and His righteousness, but it's more than just a head knowledge issue. Why is it so hard to open the Bible? Why do we find enjoyment in other things besides Jesus? The, the, the problem isn't time. We can't say, well, I don't have enough time because because we have time to spend hours on social media. I'm guilty of that. We have time to binge watch Netflix shows. We have, we have times to do our favorite hobbies. And we take time in those things because we enjoy them. We love them. And because of our sinful hearts, we do not always desire uh, or want and that is why prayer is necessary. We need the Holy Spirit to help us seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The flesh won't do it. The flesh is weak. The Spirit is able, willing. Heidelberg Catechism 116 says, Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Answer, because it is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us 
and because God will give His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who earnestly and without ceasing ask them of Him and render thanks unto Him for them. You see, we won't seek God without His grace and Spirit. We are weak within ourselves and we need the Spirit's help, the Spirit's guidance. Even when it comes to reading the Bible, we would not understand it without the Holy Spirit. And when we seek God with our heads and our hearts, our hands will soon be followed. As the Heidelberg Catechism states, our salvation in Christ will not make us careless and profane, for it is impossible that those who are implanted into Christ by true faith should not bring forth fruits of thankfulness. So we know we know how to live by the Word of God, and we are given the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit that comes through the means of prayer. And if we don't use those means which God has given to us, uh, we, we will not do anything. So dear ones, what are your hands doing? Where are your feet going to? What is your mouth saying? What are your eyes seeing? And if you are doing what you ought not to do as a Christian, then that means the priorities are out of whack. But here again, the words of Jesus, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Did you catch that promise? If you seek Him first, then all these things shall be added unto you. And the all things are what unbelievers seek first. Food, water, water, clothing. And if you seek God, then He will provide you with what you need. Now, this doesn't mean that we are not to work. This does not mean that our lives are going to be without trial. We need to work. And also, trials will come. It is because of the fall that work is hard, that childbearing hurts, uh, that marriages have conflict, that there is illness and death. Yet, when we seek God first, we can trust that the Lord will provide our daily bread. If He feeds the sparrows, He will feed you too. If He clothes the lilies, He will clothe you as well. Seek Him first and take comfort that He'll take care of the rest. Spurgeon had this to say about Matthew 6.33. He says, See how the Bible opens. The Bible opens with, In the beginning God. Let your life open in the same way. Seek with your whole soul, first and foremost, the kingdom of God as the place of your citizenship and His righteousness as the character of your life. As for the rest, it will come from the Lord Himself without you being anxious concerning Him. All that is needful for this is life and godliness, and it shall be added unto you. And then I like like this last part he said. He says, You mind His business, 
and he will mind it. You mind his business, and he will mind it. I am a person that is quite anxious. Oftentimes anxious over little things. And it's comforting to know that the Lord will provide. And like like you, I need to go to this passage to remember that it is the Lord who provides our daily bread. Let me further this point by consider, considering the words of the Heidelberg Catechism, speaking of God the Father. It says that God the Father will provide me with all things necessary for body and soul, and further that whatever evil He sends upon me in this troubled life, He will turn to my good. For He is able to do it, being Almighty God, and willing also, being a faithful Father. God, I read this in a book recently. Uh, God is more, more willing to provide than we are to ask. God is more willing to provide than we are to ask. But yet, we have to struggle with our flesh. We have to struggle with our own hearts. And, and maybe within your heart today, uh, you're asking or, or saying these statements. You may say, well, I, I just don't feel like well, seek Him anyway. And watch Him, watch your, your feelings change. Well, I'll do it tomorrow. No, do it, do it today. Because if you put it off till tomorrow, you'll probably put it off tomorrow as well. You might say, well, I'm too, too sinful. Certainly He doesn't care for me. Beloved, He does care for you. And He has shown that through sending his son to die in their place. Why should you question his care for you when you can consider the cross? Remember, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, beloved, I ask you, do you want true peace, joy, and contentment in your life? Then Jesus has shown you the way. We receive it through seeking him. He is our king. He is our righteous one. And when we put him to the to the side, we are missing out on the life in which he has purchased for us. He has come that our joy may be full. And I exhort you to think about how you will seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It doesn't need to be complicated, although you're like me, you need a little bit of structure. But we need the Word and we need prayer. And the sacrament. We need the means of grace. So, so let me leave you with an illustration to, to ponder. Uh, this comes from a man named Stephen Cole from a book called First Things First. It says, there was a time management expert who was speaking to a group of business students. He pulled out a large, wide-mouthed jar and filled it with fist-sized rocks. When he could not put any more in, he asked, is this jar full? The class responded, yes. And he said, really? Then he pulled out a bucket of gravel and poured it in, shaking it down to the cracks, then he asked again, is the jar full? 
And the student said, no. Good. He replied. He then dumped a bucket of sand in. Once more he asked, is the jar full? No, shouted the students. And he finally poured a pitcher of water in until the jar was filled to the brim. Then he asked the students, what is the point of this illustration? One student answered, no matter how full your schedule is, if you try hard, you can always fit in more. Wrong, said the man. He says, the point is this. If you do not put the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. Beloved, the primary rock is God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Other big rocks are the Word and prayer. And if we do not place them in as first priority, we'll never be able to fit them in. Let us pray. Oh Lord our God, our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word and truth. We pray that You would use this message to not only convict us, but comfort us and help us to consider where our hearts are at today. And if we have uh, gone astray or we are off, uh, off the, the right, uh, right path, we pray that you bring us back, that you would strengthen our faith, that you direct our eyes back to Jesus. And we thank you, O Lord, that you have not left us without means, uh, but we thank you that you've given us your word, you have given us the ability to speak to you in prayer. And we ask that you would continue to sanctify us uh, by your spirit. And Lord, we now pray all these things in Christ's name for His sake. Amen.